Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And boom. Here we are back again. Yep. Did we do a Pokemon update last time? No. You know, I don't think we did. We slept the whole time, huh? Yeah. That's our yeah, that's right. We missed. Sleepy guy. So we're back though. No, 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 no. We got our we got our one. So Cool. Well, we're back with a Pokemon update to kick things off. So you ready, Z? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's it's hear an, it. It's an Ampharos. 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 Okay. It's a rare. It's an electric type. It has 140 hit points. It evolves from Fluffy. Fluffy is its stage two um, Pokemon. And its attacks are Shocking Light and Gigavolt. Gigavolt, wow. Gigavolt is 80 plus damage and Shocking Light is zero damage. Huh. Cool. What does it say? What's the little description say? The tail's tip 
shines brightly and can be seen from far away. It acts as a beacon for lost people. Ah, well, that's nice of it. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that's good. That was the rare one. Mm-hmm. The rarest so. one out of all of them. Yeah. Did you tell Rob what we did for Mom's birthday? Oh, yeah. Um, we got some floaties, and we, uh, um, went to a, like, lake. The Lost Colonius Park. Uh -huh. The Lazy River. The Lazy River thing. Yeah, and then we went down it. That's pretty cool. Uh -huh. huh? That's mine and Frank's favorite swimming spot. That's yeah. Where, that's where we go in the mornings. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. At yeah. 6? Yep, like 6.30 in the morning we go down there, and we got the whole place to ourselves. Frank just swims up and down that river. Heck yeah. We shouldn't take Ajax to that place until uh, until he learns how to swim. Definitely. Yep. Because there are a couple really deep spots. Yep. yep. And he needs to get all the shots too. So That's the most important thing. So he doesn't get some crazy disease. But yeah, we uh, went there and checked it out. And we brought our paddle boards. But... I was like, man, that's a lot of rigmarole for that. For that. Just airing up those paddle boards. Because they'd be cumbersome to get down the end and carry them all the yeah. way back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, <clears throat> so we're like, well, let's just go to Walmart and see if we can find some floaties. And so we go to Walmart, and all they had in stock were these $2 cheap, like the like the, the square, or like, like the rectangle. Air, like an air mattress. Yeah, type air mattress type deal, exactly. And so we were like, well... You know, let's go for it. And so, yeah, we we blew them up. And at first, I was like, dude, I don't know if this thing's gonna hold me up. And we got it situated though. And we were, yeah, we went down a couple times. It was fun. First time I went down, I went down on my stomach. Mm -hmm. and I had like my head up, and it was good because I could maneuver and stuff. But the problem is, is that the lowest point on the boat is your crotch. So if anything's gonna run aground, it's gonna be your fucking crotch. So and there was some low spots, there was man. Some low spots, I was just like, whoa, 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 sticks and stuff. Yeah, man. So I had to, uh, I had to maneuver myself a little bit. And the next time I, I laid on my back, and that was easier because then you could just plank out, uh -huh. and and it would uh, get you up. So I didn't, you know, drag quite as much. But uh, <laughs> did, you, did you guys see those other big pool areas they had specifically designed for paddleboarding yeah. and kayaking yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff? Yeah, we drove around that whole yeah. park. It's pretty nice, it man. It's a, the city did a good job with that. They one. did, man. It's, did. it's a really nice area. We saw the bike park too. That's yep, near there. that bike park. I've never seen that before. The ramps and the jumps and yeah. stuff. That's pretty cool too. People are all would ask me about it, and I'd be like, I've never seen it. Yeah, now you have. Yeah, now I have. So cool, man. Anything else you want to add? The new scooter. Got your new it's scooter. pretty sweet, huh? I rode it this morning. I'm a professional. Yeah. All right, man. Well, if you're done. No, I'm actually a professional. <laughs> Rob almost crashed. You didn't do a backflip. You almost crashed. That, both of those statements were extremely true. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So they were what you just they were said. True. Were true. I did not do a backflip, and I almost crashed just going down the driveway. Oh, I thought that you meant both of those statements that you did a backflip and that you almost no. crashed were true. No, no. And I can do a bunny hop and jump off the slanted curb and jump up the slanted curb and jump off the square curb. Sweet. 
It's way more than I can do. Yep. And Pa, a wheelie and kind of ride a wheelie a little bit. You'll have that in no time. Yeah, man. Have what in no Riding time? Riding a wheelie in no time, I bet. I already can, kind can of. Yeah. Look at Snakey. Oh, man. He's coming to say hi to you, Rob. Yeah, he knows I'm here. <laughs> That's funny. We got a weird relationship. Snake and I. I think he's hungry. It's been like four days since I fed him. Has it? Yeah. He's coming out. All right, buddy. Well. Do you know that the podcast is hearing this? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay, well. Thanks, dude. Okay. Be good out there. <laughs> Don't argue with your mother when she tells you to take a shower. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Later, dude. Okay, buddy. See ya. All right. I'm watching, watching you, buddy. You Don't worry about it. Get snaky. Oh. All right. Okay. Close the door. There you go. There's he. There he is. <laughs> He's in an interesting space. He is seven and a half. Yeah. It's just a very interesting headspace. I realize he doesn't. You know, it's seven. You don't. You can't put yourself in anyone else's shoes. You can't see the world like through anyone else's eyes. Like you think that, you know, if you try to look at a decision that uh, what would someone else want, and it's like, well, I would want this, so they would too. You know what I mean? I wonder when we develop that. I'm sure you know it's an individual basis. I think it becomes more pronounced, like. I don't, I don't know how to like I kind of remember like thinking back to his age like you know because I have like these distinct because I, I moved around a lot and mm-hmm. so it's easy for me to kind of yes like landmarks yes to... yeah, yeah yeah so I, I remember I can you know kind of put some memories at seven or you know around his age when I was in like first grade give or take and uh yeah I think you know I remember kind of having a looking back on some of the things that I did realizing like oh like I was going through the same thing where you just can't see the world through anyone else's eyes. And it starts to become more apparent because, you know, I can communicate more and I'm like, you know, starting to become not a baby when you're a baby, you, you know, it doesn't matter. And, and when you're, you know, younger, it's as you get older and it starts to become more of a, an issue because if you can't eventually see the world through someone else's eyes, like, why would you treat anyone good? You know, you're like, oh, I want to hit that person. So they must obviously want to be hit. Right. You know, if I was them, I would want to be hit because, or whatever. You know, it's like, so it, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, like uh, realizing that, I guess, and just kind of, you know, having to just take a deep breath and just be like, all right, man, he doesn't, he just doesn't know. He doesn't know. And you got to keep working with them, keep trying to keep them on the right path. But, you know, like one of the, the, things is the like with the puppy like he i keep telling him like you know you got to try to see the what does jacks want what does jacks want right now not what do you want to do with jacks what does jacks want and man he just struggles with that so hard and he's like uh yeah i was asking him you you know you you can't understand what jacks wants he's like i've never thought about it before i don't know (laughs) so and uh, yeah, it's like he's he's laying there. He's tired. He wants to go to sleep. Like just because he pops his head up and opens his eyes for a second doesn't mean that he's up and like ready to go. Because like you want to go play with him, 
but he wants to rest or, you know, he doesn't like it when you tease him with something like you think it's funny, but what do you think he thinks? Mm -hmm. And so it's been this like, you know, a lot of the friction with those two has been that like him just completely being unable to understand like what the dog sees Mm -hmm. and then how to react appropriately. And then you realize like, oh yeah, that's problem with a lot of people like they just never grow out of that they never learn how to gain that empathy to see the world through someone else's eyes i mean even with a dog there's another layer to that you know just understanding how dogs communicate you know dog psychology and and what they see and how they behave you know and how your actions feed into that oh yeah there's there's levels to that you know what i mean you can Away, and that's so that's just a no whole well, that counts thing. for people too, like it it's, it's for everything. Yeah. Like, that was the whole thing. This, the Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, like, he actually got his insights from marriage counseling, you know, where they were talking about, well, I know that you know, think about what your spouse sees and what does your spouse take from your actions and the way that you're acting, like, you know, uh, look at it from their perspective and what do they see. And like, so it was funny, like he actually kind of did that in reverse and Mm -hmm. that's where he had his insights. But, um, yeah, I mean the the same thing, uh, yeah, people and dogs, you got to think, what do they see? And dude, it's crazy too, is how, how tuned in your dog gets to you. Yeah. Like you emotionally, like when you're stressed or excited or scared or nervous, like your dog picks up on that quickly. Yeah. I mean, way more than you can even real, realize. You yeah. Know, that your dog picks up on that energy. It's, it's funny, man. Dogs are, they've evolved to be so perceptive to us humans because we, we you know, provide so much for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the ones that were perceptive were the ones that got selected to continue breeding. Yeah, but they do, they are, they are tuned in, boy. Yeah. And, you know, when people are nervous around dogs, that's, it's a kind of a perpetual circle. Is, you know, you get someone that's afraid of dogs. Well, they act, so they're like, oh, I got bit, you know, and so then they act nervous around dogs and that makes dogs act nervous. And so it just kind of, so now they think all dogs are yeah. sketchy. Like, no, man, like you really got to, yeah. if you're going to be, it's, I, I understand if you're afraid of dog, I guess I, I can sort of understand that someone's afraid of dogs. I can understand if you had some sort of traumatic, traumatic experience, experience involving dogs, it's right. kind of hard to get over. It Other is. than that. I don't fucking understand it. No, if you're I don't. just like, I don't like dogs. I don't, whatever. It's like, it makes me quite, yeah. Like, if you're not a dog person, like you don't have to like, dude, I love dogs. And you're like, you're like, yeah. And so like I, I'm, a, I'm a little extreme, but for, when I meet someone that just doesn't like dogs. Yeah. Yeah. They're super defensive it, around. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I don't like dogs. It you know? really makes me question that person. It's not something yeah. I can hang out with. Like, no. they're, like they really like, okay, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. I think they're, so. They're, 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 I, I know do. maybe it's judgmental, but like, well, <clears throat> from an evolutionary standpoint, it makes sense. I mean, because the dogs were super valuable. Like, they were the first animal that was domesticated. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you're a member of the tribe and you don't like this super valuable new member of the tribe, it's, uh, dude, dogs do so much for you. Yep. You know, like, it's just, and, and that's, like, kind of baked into your fucking DNA on some level. Like, you know, your ancestors, like, one of your ancestors made it because a fucking dog helped them with hunting Helped them with like sentry, like alerting them to some sort of intruder or something, yep. like protecting them. And I mean, dogs have done so much for us over the years. Like, you know, Indians used to use them as pack animals. That little, uh, because before the Spanish got here, there were no horses. Like, there were no large domesticated animals. 
uh, on the, the North or South America. Well, I guess they had the llama in South America, but in North America, they had no large domesticated animals. And so, but they would use dogs to like drag, you know, you, you, the, like the poles, like the little sled, the, mm -hmm. the drag behind or whatever. And so, uh, yeah. And then even some cultures bred them for meat. They had like special dogs yep. for, uh, for meat. So yeah, they've been, been, uh, a valuable thing. It's funny they talk about that. Have you read that book, The Guns, Germs, and Steel, or whatever? Jared Diamond? I guess so. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's been a while. I think I did that one on audio. Did you? A few years back. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm reading that now, and it's just, it's interesting, like, some of the things he's pointing out. Although I disagree with his paleological or archaeological conclusions, because uh, I think, like Graham Hancock, that the reason that the megafauna went extinct and one of the reasons that the North and South American continent were so far behind technologically compared to the Eurasian continent had to do with what happened during the Younger Dryas era mm -hmm. when the fucking comet strikes hit and just the comet strike, mass fucking flooding. hell yeah. on earth that it unleashed over a 20 year period and for whatever reason the North American continent and, and its you know glaciers and ice sheets were impacted significantly harder than the other than the Eurasian continent and that basically fucking scrubbed everything clean reset us. just reset everything back to the fucking stone age during the stone age yeah. kind of thing you know and uh so yeah and then just the evidence that the americas were peopled way before 11,000 years ago the whole like clovis first uh you know the the thing has been pretty much disproven um, I mean, Graham Hancock went pretty convincingly showed that, yeah, that, that whole idea of Clovis first was more there because in, in Clovis is like, it's a, it's a place in New Mexico where they found the first artifacts of these, you know, hunter gatherers and it was, you know, they dated it to 11,000 years ago. And so they're thought to be like the first people on the North American continent because the theory is like they came over the Eurasian or the, the Bering land bridge yeah. and then some you know split between the glaciers open and you had the ice-free corridor that somehow they've you know followed uh animals through and came through to this place that you know had no people on it and uh yeah again that's just not they've shown pretty convincingly that that's not the case that i mean you can date the americas being populated back to at least like 25 uh, or, you know, 30,000 years ago. And so, um, but anyways, it doesn't matter why, right? Like, you know, he had it, it like the, the point is, is that there was a difference. Like why was there a difference in the way technology and agriculture and domestication and all these things developed on the different continents. And so, um, but yeah, about 11,000 years ago, this is where we started, how we got there and what was there before, you know? Whatever, we can debate that, but that's where we started. But that's super fascinating how he digs into like what makes for a domesticated, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a good animal and a good plant species and why not all animals and plants and how they weren't distributed evenly and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the dogs were the first ones. But he did say like, you know, dogs were usually eaten in areas where they didn't have other like good protein uh, you know, like domesticated animals, large domesticated animals to eat instead. So that's why it wasn't a more widespread thing. They were way more valuable for these other things than as a food source. But 
you know, if, if you, you have to, dude, you're yeah, you live somewhere and it's, well, it's not even like you're starving, you know, you're looking around and you're like, well, what's the largest fucking protein source we have? Like in some areas it was like dogs, dogs. like that was like one of the larger animals in the area. And so you're just going to naturally like, man, we need fucking protein to live. So it's, it's not a thing. And that's why in those, those cultures that eat dogs, it's just, it's not the same thing. You know, it's not like you and I, like the way that we look at dogs, we're like, dude, I can never eat There's a dog. No yeah. There's no way. But culturally, it's different for those cultures. And it has nothing to do, except when you look back at like, oh, the available food sources in the areas. Not everybody started with the same shit. Right. So you're not going to end up at the same place. And so a culture that didn't have access to cows and, you know, these large animals, and they developed, you know, uh, dogs to fill that purpose... I mean, that, that makes total sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It doesn't mean that they hate dogs or, you know what I mean? They it's not survive. like a moral thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking survival thing. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a fucking interesting book, man. It's a good book. Yeah. It's kind of funny reading that right after the Graham Hancock book and I'm reading his setup and I'm like, oh, that, that's fucking wrong, motherfucker. That, that is an interesting. What about the comets? Going from, oh, speaking of this cool shit in the sky. Right now, there's a few planets you can see certain times of the day. Yeah. So I, I discovered this, I think it was earlier this week. So I wake up every morning like 5.15-ish. Yeah. That's when my alarm's set for. And my, my sunrise alarm, the little light turns on at like a half hour before that. So 4.45 yeah. and it slowly gets brighter until 5.15, right? And uh, I have my bedroom window open and it's facing the east. So I open my eyes and I look outside and it, this, I mean, there's, it's still dark, but it's not a hundred percent dark, you know, a little daylight coming. Well, off in the east, I saw this re- kind of up over the Mesa. I saw this really bright star. I mean, this thing was pronounced and I saw that earlier, you know, like a few days ago and I was like, what the fuck is that? It's like, I may star satellite or something. I just didn't think much of it. Yeah. And uh, the next day, same thing, woke up, opened my eyes, and it's right above this tree I got out my window. I can kind of see it just kind of sits there perfectly. I'm like, I'm like, dude, there's something to that. If this thing is catches my eye, I don't look up at the sky all the time, you know, and search stars and shit. I'm not a fucking astrologist, but this definitely caught my attention. I was like, all right, that's something. And if it was a satellite, it would have moved, or you know, but yeah. this was in the exact same spot. I was like, um, so I, of course, went to Google, and it's actually Venus. Oh, yeah. And you can uh, see it right, and it's a short window. You can only see it right before sunrise. You have like a twenty-minute window. It's slightly out right now. It's like a little after five a.m. until five twenty-five. By five thirty rolls around, you can't yeah. see it anymore. I don't huh. know where it goes or why you can't see it. Yeah, but it's pretty cool, man. So yeah. if Ajax happens to wake you up at five a.m. You out. look out to the east. Dude. Yeah, you, you. It's like there's no doubt that you can find it pretty quick. Like, right, it's bright, dude. It's yeah. pretty decent size and bright. Huh. And, it, and there's a couple other planets you can see right now too because of course that website I went to that I learned about that explained that there's a few other ones I think you can see like Saturn and Uranus right now and it's at nighttime though before and I think it's like in the southwest sky kind of before sunset I, I'd have to look at the details again yeah. this time of year this in this cycle right now you can see these two, these couple huh. planets Interesting. But it, it's pretty cool. I was pumped when I discovered that this week. I was like, oh, I'm seeing Venus every morning. And it's right there in that same, like, I wake up, boom, alarm kind of goes off. I look outside. I'm like, oh, I can see a fucking planet right there. You know, there's yeah. Venus. And then, sure shit, by, you know, if I fall back asleep or whatever, if I look out there at 530, if I'm still in bed, it's gone. Like, it, I don't know when it disappears. I haven't seen the exact moment when it disappears, hmm. but it's just, like, disappears. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know where it goes, but it's pretty cool. That's interesting. It, it really it makes you think that man, we are just kind of floating around out in this 
Just fucking rock. Rock just floating around. Just floating around. We see these other giant rocks floating around. It's yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. You forget yeah. that. You just get into your day to day life. Like, Wait a second. No, I know. I was going to say, it's funny that, because even is, is, uh, I mean, I don't want to use, like, I'll use the word cynical, but I just, I go off that because you're like, I'm not a fucking astrologer or whatever. Right. So, you know, looking up at the stars is, you know, oh, it's cool, but whatever. But even you're like, take pause with that and get curious and you're looking into it. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. there's just something instinctive about that. And I was just, you know, going to say like, that's, you know, imagine what you would do when you didn't have anything else to pay attention to, right? There was no TV. There was no radio. Man, when it got dark. What else did you have to look at? Mm-hmm. The fucking sky. The sky. That's it. And, and and just as curious as we are, it, like, you know, yeah. Like, that's why, again, that was one of those things in the Graham Hancock book. Like, why do you find all of these structures around the world, like, aligned to, you know, the summer solstice or the winter solstice or, you know, the four cardinal directions or, you know, lined up with, with this planet or, or constellation and... It's like, well, that's what humans would do if we weren't wasting all of our fucking brain power on social media and fucking the TV. Exactly. You know, like that's what we would be doing because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Like what else would you do? Yeah. And you don't have a lot of answers to things. Like, yeah, why does the weather change? Why does it get yeah. cold? And then you start connecting things. Oh, like at this time of year, you know, the leaves are starting to change. Oh, the stars look different in the sky at this time of year. Every night you lay down and you're looking up at the sky, like you get used to seeing the same shit. Yeah. And you're like, hey, that looks different. You really notice something's yeah. Yeah, something's off. Something's different. And then so you start connecting it and yeah. Yeah, you're just like way more connected with what's going on around you, which is I think probably better. Oh yeah. It is better. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Getting uh Ajax out, that is something, man, like going out, I'm like you know, looking up at the sky. And how many times you got it at night and you just don't even look up at the sky. Uh-oh. And, yeah, I, mean, I remember as a kid, like, man, shit would fascinate me. You know, the moon and I think I had, I had a telescope at one point and, you know, I was never like super into it. But just like, you know, I could pick out the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper and like Orion's Belt uh, kind of thing. That's about as far as I can go with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's but still. And, and you knew, I knew that they were, there were other, you know, constellations and shit I couldn't ever really find them but uh, yeah then you grow up and somewhere along the line you're just you totally forget about it you're just like ah it's there it's always there I don't need to fucking worry about it and yeah it's 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 weird man and then you know obviously we, a lot of people live in areas where you can't even see the night sky there's just so much light pollution mm-hmm. and I mean even here man I'd be interested to go somewhere where there really is like no light pollution like you know, like, I'd love to see what it looks like on Mount Akea. What is it? Mount, Mount Akea? What is it? My wife's going to fucking kill me. The fucking big volcano uh, in on Hawaii where they've got some observatories. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the you're... The Keck. In the Keck Observatory? I guess so. I think it's the Keck Observatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I want to... Like, that's one of those things. Like, honestly, I'd, I would... Uh, I'd make an effort to do that. Yeah. Cause I want to, I want to see like, what does it look like? Like what, what would, what does the sky look like? Like our fucking ancestors would have seen it because it's so hard to, you know, between pollution and light pollution light and all pollution. this shit. I, I really wish that was a thing around here in the Valley to where it was a big push from like the mayor, whoever, you know, to, you know, uh, cover all the street lights. So they're just facing down, you know, did. And you, you know what really annoys the fuck out of me is billboards. 
Yeah. I don't, dude, they're so big and ugly, man. And especially these big electric, you know, these. Oh, the, yeah. These the screens, neon the ones. The neon ones that, like, give you readouts and all. Yeah. They're so bright and obnoxious, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. If I was running the city, I'd shut that shit down. Like, fuck you and your billboards, man. Yeah. Dude, they're so ugly. We live in this beautiful place. Yeah. Man. Beautiful place. Like, I was up shooting trap the other day. You know, you've seen it. It's up on top of that hill. And yeah. You're looking at the book cliffs and the mason. Like, man, this is such a beautiful backdrop to be up here shooting to. And we live in such a beautiful place. It is. We got all these stupid goddamn billboards lit up all over the place. And right. It's like, fuck, yeah. man. Well, the problem is, is it doesn't, you know, one, two, but like once it starts, you end up like fucking Vegas. Yeah. You know, like those things started there. Yeah. And then now you go to any fucking big city. And you're going to see those things all over the place. Like, they're going to replace, like, a lot of regular billboards. And we got a few here, but they're, they're getting more and more. More and more. And, yeah, it's, just, it's this slow creep. And, yeah, well, we just don't value, man. What Where's our, what do we value as a society? It's not stuff. fucking nature and connecting with things. Stuff is it's what we stuff. Stuff is what I know. We value. That's what it is, man. I know uh, Shiloh's playing this game called Animal Crossing, which is this hugely popular game. And it is so indicative of... I, well, I think The Sims was the first game that I remember that kind of broke the mold of like, what's the point? There's got to be a hero. There's got to be a bad guy. There's got to be a mission. Like, that's the point. Mm-hmm. And you got The Sims comes along. And it's like, what's the point? Nothing. Nothing. Bullet City. And once while I send a fucking tornado through it, watch him fucking scramble and build another one. So, you know, no bad guy, no winning. And it's like, you know, now you get like more of these games where it's like the whole point, there is there is no it's real point. Not, not like Minecraft point. Right. Is, is a perfect example of it. And this Animal Crossing game is kind of like that too. But it's just hilarious because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to her like talk about it and give me kind of, oh, this is what I'm doing now, this is what I'm doing now. And dude, so much of it is just teaching you to be a consumer because it's like, oh, I got to buy a house. Well, now I got to upgrade my house. How do I upgrade my house? Well, I got to buy stuff. So I got to go do this thing so I can go buy stuff so I can upgrade my house. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, what are we doing here? This is, not only is there no bad guy and good guy in some sort of like, you know, story arc uh, that could perhaps teach like, you know, a fucking moral lesson or whatever. And they're also designed to be addictive. And so, you know, it's not addictive. Struggle. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's not fucking Ninja Gaiden on NES, man. Like, yeah. It was a badass game. Dude, it was. And it was hard as fuck to mm-hmm. beat, man. Hard as fuck. Like, that's why they had the term Nintendo hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, Nintendo was, they put out games that would just make you cry. <laughs> and now they just, you know, that's so rare because that doesn't get you addicted to it. That's the whole thing. It's like, you know, they get you addicted to doing this little task so you can earn money so you can buy this and, oh, if I do this. And just like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? So, yeah, it's funny, though. It's buying stuff that... Yeah. Buying stuff. God damn it, dude. What is wrong with us? God, that's a big question. <laughs> There's a lot of answers to that. But... Oh, dude, I know. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? Well, speaking about something right, how's your, your Wim Hof? Dude, Wim Hof. So I called you all excited this week. Yeah. I had two um, big milestones this week with the Wim Hof. And I know it sounds weird, but whatever. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um. Well, so first of all... I'll start with this. Like, on Monday night, I think I hit the spirit world. (laughs) I'll just lead with that. Dude, because I I got to a place I didn't know was attainable without hallucinogenic drugs. 
you know, because I've taken, allegedly, I have taken yeah. mushrooms or acid quite a few times in my life. So I know what that feels like. I've experienced that on many occasions. This was extremely similar to that, but different also. It, yeah. It's hard to explain. Like yeah. you, hear, you hear people trying to explain a psychedelic trip. It's hard to put words to, man. No, no matter what words you put to it, it's not going to be the same thing when you experience it. Right. So I try to explain this with reservation, but yeah, man. And, and I noticed it two weeks ago. So let me back up. I, I've been... I, uh, due to a suggestion by Wim Hof, he he had sent out like an email. Now that I'm on that, you know, this subscribe to his email list. Yeah. You know, like a month ago, he sent out an email talking about yeah, hey, make Monday your fasting day. You know, and he talked about the benefits of fasting once in a while, and he connected it to his breathing, this and that. I can't remember what the whole email entailed. And, you know, I've done fasting quite a few times here and there. I was like, oh yeah, let's get back to that. Cause so I've been fasting every Monday, and I end up fasting. I stop eating Sunday evening. I eat dinner or whatever. And I don't eat again until Tuesday morning. So it ends up being like 36 hours. So this is my fourth week of doing it. So I did I did my, my breathing Monday morning. You know, pretty good. Nothing monumental. Monday night I got home. I was like, all right, let's do some Wim Hof breathing. And then I'm going to jump in and do my cold shower. And like I did my first round. I'm like, man, this feels good. Like, and so boom, do a second round. It's like, holy shit, this feels really good. And I was doing breath hold for like up around three minutes. Yeah. And then I went third round, and that's when I hit the spirit world. I was like, dude, like I wasn't hallucinating, but I was not. I wasn't, man. I wasn't like conscious. I was like, I didn't go unconscious, but it, it I left where like it was almost like an out of body experience. It was yeah. fucking weird, man. And why I was doing, but I was observing this while I was doing it. And I'm like, this is fucking great, dude. I feel so good. And then just, I don't remember consciously making this decision, but I just went with it. I remember I got, I was holding for my third round. I inhaled, held for that 15 seconds, exhaled. And I was starting to do my fourth round. I was like, man, I want to get in a cold shower right now. But I kept the breathing going. So I just moved real slow and deliberately, kept the breathing going, just, I mean, I was a little, I was, I was fucking high. It was, it was a little bit of a risk. I was like, I know Wim tells you not to do this shit so you don't lose consciousness. And I may have been flirting with consciousness. I, I don't know, but I was in a different place, man. I get, went in there and just barely kicked my shower on just so, I mean, it was as cold as possible could get and jumped and jumped right in. Dude, it felt fucking amazing. And then slowly I kind of, I was still keeping my breathing up, but yeah. slowly I started kind of coming back to reality yeah. in the real world. But man, that was... I think it's got something to do with the fasting. Like yeah, every, sure. every, every morning I do my Wim Hof and I'm fasted, you know, because a lot of mornings I don't eat breakfast. And so that's, but then you're only fasting for eight, nine, ten hours, whatever it is. Yeah. But going into it, this was, I did this, I was a little over 24 hours when I did this. Oh, yeah. And so, and then I, I did some breathing again Tuesday morning before I ate. Didn't quite hit the same level, but again, it was more profound. Yeah. It was fucking, dude. There's something to it. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. <laughs> oh, and, no. I know. But it is the shit. Dude. Yeah. And so anybody, if you're doing one <laughs> off, try it fasted. And try a long fast. Yeah. Like 24 hours and then go deep. Yeah. Like, no, that's, uh, it's funny, man. I remember when you first started it. I think you'd done it for like a week or two. And I came up to you at Open Mat, and I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure the Wim Hof breathing like puts you in touch with the spirit world. And I could tell... 
by your reaction that you hadn't experienced it yet. Uh-huh. And it, you were just like, mm. so I was, so yeah, when you called me up, I was laughing, man. I was like, all right, good, man. Yeah. It. There's a fucking spot. There is. That it's, uh, it, dude, it's fucking weird, man. I know exactly what you mean. It's a really weird thing. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, like, I'm using these words. I mean, I have a somewhat decent command of the English language, I think, in understanding. Yeah. But I still can't find, like, I search my vocabulary <coughs> and my skills of explaining things coherently, and I can't. Like, I've been trying to think about it. Like, how do I talk about this? Yeah. Because there's not a lot of people, well, whoever's listening to this, but like, as far as personal friends go, like, I called you and told you about it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I knew, I knew even with my Neanderthal explanation, like, <laughs> you would get it. But I wouldn't even try to explain this to everybody because they would just look at me and be like, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. You fucking hippie. Well, like, yeah. But it kind of, like, goes back, like, I mean, I... Fuck, dude. There's like, yeah, we are so out of touch with our true nature on some level. And again, like, what do we replace it with? Being fucking consumers and buying shit and whatever. But it's like, yeah, once you, once you fucking like have an experience like that, and you're like, oh, and there's like, I don't know, it's like bigger shit out there, other things, like in. Yeah, it's it's been really fucking profound for me. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've had some some insights. Like I had one this morning. It was pretty cool. You know, I'm just fucking super deep, and all of a sudden it's just like all these. I don't know. I've had a few times where the lights have told me, you "Gotta fucking stop doing this." You know, like I gotta stop. I gotta stop trying so hard. I try to control shit so much. And then this morning, I got the fucking insight that, like, the reason I do this is because I'm afraid. I'm afraid to lose shit. And so, it makes me try to control things. And then trying to control things just, you know, almost kind of sabotages what I'm, you know, trying to avoid. So, but yeah, like, just, and, you know, it sounds, okay, oh, you just said the words. But man, it's, it's different, like, being in that state of mind, in that place, and then, like, having these, these, these thoughts and these insights come in. It's like... Dude, it's just so much fucking deeper. It's like it's so much deeper in your brain than just like reading it in a book. You're like, you know, okay, okay, I get that. But yeah, having your own uh, experience with it, it, it opens your mind to like, holy shit, like what the fuck else is out there? And like, what else am I capable of? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I was like on you so hard to do it, man. Like I kind of, dude, the very first time I told you, man, like I was... You know, I got to like a minute on my first breath hold and dude, it was weird. It was like an emotional experience. I'm just like, it was just like, wow. Like it's cause you just feel so good, right? Like that space, it's, it just, it feels there's, it's, I don't know how to put it. Like it just feels so welcoming mm-hmm. and it's almost like glad you're there. Yeah. And dude, and it's, it's almost to like, if you set a stopwatch almost about a minute in, like it feels good. Yeah. Like that's how I can tell. Like I've been doing done it so many times now, to where even if I just if I had a stopwatch going, I was like I was like man, I can bet you I bet you I can almost tell you within a couple seconds when a minute hit, because it it, it, it almost like a switch flips. Yeah. And you're like oh here's that place. Yeah. And if I was to look, I bet you I'd be pretty close to it. And every time like dude, it just yeah, it's hard to put words to it. It just yeah. feels good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I I I've, yeah I think it's. Uh... I mean, I'm, you know, Kelly's doing it. Got to get Shiloh 
on. And the other thing too, man, like besides that, I told Shiloh, I'm like, man, I don't even care if you never fucking talk to the spirit world. Like your breathing gets better. I mean, I've had a couple experiences uh, where I'm just like, dude, like my cardio is different. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and I, I contribute a hundred percent to the, the Wim Hof breathing because it, it lets me train just my breathing. So I'm able to breathe better. I'm able to breathe more efficiently. And then that's directly connected to your posture. Like if you're, if your posture is off, you are restricting your breathing space. So you have to fix your posture to open up the breathing. So these, these things are so intimately connected. And like, once you get that trained up better, like it starts to uh, affect how you move and how you perform and how you feel. And so, yeah, even beyond just the like that, like there are performance benefits from doing it, like a hundred percent. So Dude, I've noticed my, I mean, I'm I'm in pretty good shape anyways, but yeah. my my cardio and my endurance training are fucking good right now. Yeah, like I can I just control my breathing. And I mean, I, I got granted I have enough jiu-jitsu experience, so it's not stressful for me. Right. Even even when I'm getting bullied, beat up by Kevin, <laughs> I can still stay relaxed and I just breathe. Yeah. And it's and I'm. Even when the pace picks up, you know, you and I will have some scrambles and boom, boom, boom. And, but it's still just, I breathe and I'm just like, okay, here we go. And just, yeah, man. It's, yeah. I don't know if my breathing muscles are getting stronger, if I'm more in tune with it. I don't know. And I don't really care. Yeah. It just, it's, it's definitely improved. Yeah. Your breathing's more efficient for sure. Way more efficient. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, so I mean, yeah, if you're, there's just so many benefits to doing it, but yeah, I think the fucking spirit world, man, you start to realize, like, holy shit. And then you think back. It's like there's a reason. Like, people have used, like, like you know, different things to communicate with the spirit world, you know? Whether it is, like... like the holotropic breathing. Yes, exactly, like man. The fucking... Uh, yeah, all that. Like, have you... So, like, I've been doing my breathing to uh, music. So, especially when you get, like, some fucking, like, tribal music... Mm-hmm. And you know, and put you in a different place, totally different place. Yeah. And you're just like, God damn! You see why they were doing it? Like, holy shit! You had entire cultures that somehow understood that as a group they could go to these fucking places, and you know what? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, Wait, well, so we, we, have, we make fun of that shit today, you know? Like, because it is weird, but dude. So the other little, I guess, milestone that I hit the other the other day. Um, I was I started to tell you about it when we were wrestling last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so I I did a little workout and towards the end of my workout and I I hadn't like I wasn't soaked in sweat. You know, I wasn't out there doing like CrossFit fucking workout. I was just you know moving and some strength stuff. I was like, oh, let's finish with some horse stance and real slow controlled Wim Hof breathing. You know, and how he does his chant and stuff. Like it's goofy, but it feels good, dude. Like you say, I don't have full command of this. I can't just do this at will. But I've seen the light that it is possible. Like, dude, I jacked my body temperature up to a level and just, I had never attained. And the amount of sweat that just started pouring out of me was fucking ridiculous, dude. It was like I'd been in the sauna for 30 minutes. And I had only gotten into the horse stance for a minute, minute and a half. I wasn't really paying attention. I was just, I really slowed my breathing down. And I, I don't know how long I inhaled, but I was just... Really, that breathing was the sole focus. I just doing horse dance along with it, dude. Next thing you know, it was like someone turned a faucet on. It was just like it's fire groin, dude. dude. Dude, like it was literally like pouring off yeah. my elbows. You know, I'm doing shit in horse dance, and I had puddles developing around me. I was like, "What in the fuck?" Like, <laughs> yeah, let's just stay with this. Like, let's go. 
And I was like, holy shit, this is fucking bananas, man. They, I never experienced something like that before. Just, That's funny, man. Yeah. He said in, in the video, like with horse stance, he was talking about like, you know, because that's why I call it fire groin. I, don't, I forget exactly what he said, but he was talking about like, you know, your groin and generating heat and like, you know, that's where your your energy uh, or whatever. Like, so I have to go back and watch it, but all I took from it was fire groin. Fire groin. <laughs> so. That's what I experienced. Like, it was, dude, it was something different. Well, because then you, I've read stories about, uh, you know, they've done different experiments on these monks that control yeah. their breathing. And there, there's the one, the tumo famous... Breathing. Yeah, Tumo. Yep. And there's this one uh, experiment they did. I don't remember the exact details, but basically they had... They took this monk, stuck him in some cold-ass room, if I remember right. And then they they put a wet sheet on him, a wet blanket. And he was like, with his body, he dried the fucking blanket. You know, because he... I mean, he I forget what the temperature of the room was, but it was a really cold environment. Yeah. And putting a wet blanket on somebody seems like it would cause hypothermia. No, he was... Dude, he dried the fucking blanket. Yeah. Was through generating the heat through his body and dude, shit. it has to be. There's yeah. something there, yeah. man. Yeah, there's something there. There's something there. I mean, yeah, I... Like, I can't control it. I can't just do it at will. Right. But maybe I can one day. No, man, it, I'm... Yeah, know? I'm like, dude, where are we going to be in, like, five, ten years? Like, right. this is like jujitsu. Sort of thing for me. It's like, dude, we're, I'm in my fucking white belt phase. For sure. I might have a couple stripes on there, but I gotta. It's still even, like. I don't even think I got stripes hit on miss. that thing yet. Oh, you got a stripe for sure, dude. I just learned how to tie my belt, so to speak. No, mm-hmm. no. If you hit the fucking spirit world, you get a stripe. So. I'm not. Next thing I'm doing <laughs> is uh, I think I, I'm gonna go to Murdoch's, the Farm and Fleet place today. Okay. They have uh, those like 110 gallon yep. stock tanks. Yep. For like 45 bucks right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're usually around 100. Mm. I'm pretty sure I was talking to Trey yesterday. Um, he's like, yeah, they had a sale on them this week. So I'm going to go get one of those because they already have a drain on there. So you yeah. can put the garden hose up to it yep. so you can drain it. I'm going to you know, give myself a ice bath. Nice. I'm going to have it. In a perfect world, this is this is my brain going, is I would like to have a cold plunge set up ready to rock and roll on a regular basis. So I've been looking at getting like a, a pump, a recirculating pond pump. So I can keep water in it, so I don't have to oh, empty yeah. and drain it, empty. Because those pom pumps are cheap to run, and the water doesn't get stagnant, you know. So I could fill that just thing cover up, cover it, and just put a cover on it, and keep you know, let that pump run somehow. Yeah. And then that way the water stays fresh, and then that way every morning I can do. I don't need an ice bath yeah. every morning. It doesn't need to be fucking thirty-five degrees. But even if that water is like fifty degrees, which is cool, yeah. Just for a cold, for a cool plunge in the morning. Sixty-one degrees. Is the magic number? Is it? For he a, talks about that in, in, in one of the cool videos. It's like sixty-one degrees uh, is where you get the benefits of cold. Okay. So you can go colder than that, but like your, you know, sixty-one is kind of where those like the full benefits kick in. Gotcha. And uh, so yeah, I would love to have it set up to where I can keep it. So I just have a cold plunge. Like I want to set it up in my garage, so I just have a cold plunge, man. Yeah. I can get up, be part of my morning routine. Do my Wim Hof breathing, boom, a little cold plunge, and then I'm, you know, and then if it's already set up, ready to go, you're not filling it and draining it, and blah yeah, blah blah. It's pain. Yeah, so it's that's a that's a project I'm got in in the works in my head, but uh, nice for now. If I just gotta fill it and drain it, fill it and drain it, whatever. I'm right. Maintaining the temperature. I've already I lo- I looked at getting a system like a chiller system, so I can hook a pump, run the water through the chiller system and back into the tank, so I can always keep it cold. It's doable, but it's not cheap. Yeah. You know, finding a, cir- a circulating chiller system. Right. Yeah, you're spending a few hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. E- easy. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't want to go that, <sighs> get that involved with it. 
<laughs> you sure? Well, man, yeah, it uh, it gets fucking hot during the day. It warms that water up. That's the problem. Yeah, that that would be tough to do. Yeah, especially that metal tank. Well, the, the I think the, the stock tank I think is these are plastic. Right? Oh, okay. Polymer, but either way, it's still, yeah, yeah, it's still, still get it'll get fucking heated up. Yeah, that pool that we had set up for Z, that thing was like a a cold hot tub. You know, yeah, like it, it was it was very warm yeah. and uh, yeah, you, it's so. Like, yeah, anyways, to try to cool that off be tough. would be tough. Yeah, even if I kept it in my garage out of the sun, yeah. my garage still gets hot. You know, I don't keep it, I don't... The sun's the deal. If you keep sun, it out of the sun, that it would make a huge difference. Because, yeah. like, my mom has the same pool, and she has a tree next to it, so it's got, it's shaded, mm-hmm. like, you know, several hours longer than, than the one we got here, and it's not nearly as hot. Okay. So, yeah, if you're able to get some shade on, it'll make a big difference, but... Yeah, I did the one cold bath. Uh, I, I, I hesitate to use the word ice bath because I, I had like my tub of ice, which is, you know, pretty, it's a good amount of ice, but it's not like bags and bags no. and bags. It, melts, like, it melts pretty fast. Yeah, there weren't freaking ice cubes, you know, an inch of ice cubes floating on the top. And, uh, but it was cold. That's I, a cold, I, that's still a cold plunge. Yeah, man. yeah. I got it. I bet it was under 61. Yeah. So I got in. But what was fucking hilarious is, I'm done. With, we're done with the fundamentals course. Oh, are you so? Yeah, because you're about five weeks ahead of me. So. <laughs> oh man, week ten things kind of fall apart, but I'll let you. Do they? Yeah, a little bit with whole fucking Marika, like that chick, man. The yoga chair. Yeah, I've told you my theory, right? I Maybe. think she's sleeping with his son. Oh. I'm trying to figure because it's obvious they've never worked together. Like you've picked that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's it's not awkward. A lot, there's there's not a lot of connection. No, it's he, very he, awkward. He doesn't know where she's going with things. Yeah, and, he, and yeah. she's she's not really trying to flow with him. She almost tries to like take things over at certain points, and it's very awkward. And I'm like, dude, you can't tell me that they could not have found a yoga teacher that he knows and has some connection with and can work with. I'm yeah, like, there's not a lot of connection there. No, and I'm like, why? And and all of a sudden it dawned on me because you. I think you've mentioned before somebody like that it's his son that insists that he makes money off of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so his son's kind of the driver, the, the driver behind it. And I'm like, Oh, she's sleeping with his son. Like that, that's how this became about, you know, his son is like, Hey, you know, I've got this great idea. We're going to do this new fundamentals course and it's going to have like yoga to kind of get you stretched out before we do the breathing. It'll be this good synergy thing. And you know, my girlfriend Marika here, can do it and she'll do it and you know whims like fucking sure whatever and just going along with it but dude it is so awkward sometimes between those two and uh yeah yeah at the at the end all her session man i don't know i can't help myself i'm gonna give it away um the yoga session is just do what you want that's it she stands up, she's like, <laughs> so we're trying and you do so awkward man it was so awkward and she's just like so you know, we're just going to tap into your own creativity. So I just want you to, you know, you're just going to move. You're just going to do what feels good to you, your own movement flow. And Wim's going to play music and we're just going to move whatever feels good to us. And and so you can tell everyone around is like, fuck, man, like, what are you what talking about? What's going on here? here? And so, yeah, so she starts, she starts going through these like yoga flows and everyone else is just kind of like, uh okay and they're like kind of stretching one dude never moved he just sat there like this cross-legged the whole time and i bet you i know a guy that is in the video yeah probably uh, man and uh that's funny 
and you know, Wim is like playing his guitar and singing and dude, this is like for like five minutes, which is a fucking eternity mm -hmm. when things are really awkward. <laughs> and you can tell, oh, dude, it was so funny, man. And uh, yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? This is the stretching and yoga is her saying, do what you want. Like that's fucking insanity. Yeah, even I'm only like say I think I'm going into week six or week yeah. five or six. Can't remember now, but I don't put a ton of stock into this, her portions of it already. I discovered that early on. Like She's a yoga chick. Like the third weekend, <clears throat> I was like okay, I don't mind doing some yoga, and but there's been I think it was this past week, I saw what she was doing and I just kind of scrubbed forward in the video until she was out of the picture and Wim came back in. I was yeah. like, all right. <clears throat> yeah, she's uh. She's yeah. That's, yeah. But anyways, like I said, I, I, that, I, that insight came to me one day. I'm like, oh, because like, how do you get into that position? You have to know someone mm -hmm. in, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, yeah, she's sleeping with the sun. All right, that makes sense. So anyways, that's my, my theory on Marika. But uh, so anyways, I forgot where the fuck I was going with that. I don't know. But who cares? Who yeah, cares? it's good. Oh, the fundamentals course. But anyways, that's, it'll, uh, yeah, we're through that. Anyways, I forget. So what are you guys gonna do? What are you? How are you just gonna continue your own journey with the Wim Hof stuff? Or? I guess so. Yeah, we're finishing this last week, which is you know four rounds of just the regular breathing, mm -hmm. and uh, but I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, Kelly and I talked about it for a second, but I I don't know. <clears throat> I might play around with it a little bit. I wish I understood it a little bit better. I wonder if like there's like some deeper, because you have this toolbox, right? Like you got the power breathing, you got the regular breathing. You've got the breathing with the push-ups, which has both hold on the inhale and the exhale. So you have these different tools. And it's kind of like, you know, well, what, you know, what exactly do they, like, how would I want to combine these? Like, yeah, how do, do? yeah, exactly. What kind of system? Yeah. yeah, I don't have, right now, mine's just kind of a patchwork of shit. The one thing that's a constant is three or four rounds every morning. And then at night, sometimes I do a couple rounds before I get in the cold shower. But that's part of the is you know cold shower every night yeah I, and i discovered on the app too they have like the 20 day cold shower challenge yeah and so you can keep track and then you you set it to hoff method or hoff mode and you see there's like beginner mode like in oh media, no uh -uh. and then you can go to like hoffer mode oh yeah and it increases the time to like week one is uh two minutes and 15 seconds in the cold oh, shower okay. and then week week two is you know 230 whatever it increases yeah so i just cranked it up to hoffer mode and I'm, i just started keeping track like last night was day number two i was like oh this would kind of keep me accountable yeah kind of keep me on track so yeah i don't know yeah but it's kind of a patchwork of shit like okay i'll do the breathing here and the cold showers but when do i do the push-ups how do they fit in with my other training right you know like yeah there's not a real solid system i haven't no. figured out a solid system yet no no I'm, i almost want to get the other fundamentals course because i because it basically it's just a series of lectures from him is that what it is yeah and so i almost wonder if like you know for guys like you and me that that'd probably be better like it seems like that fundamentals course was it was really kind of put together for like the people in that room, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, and they just happen to set up a camera like, Hey, this is, yeah. Cool. Well, it's just like people who aren't like, they don't really have a strong background in this shit. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're pretty, you know, we're, we're outliers in the fitness community, right? Like we know some shit, we've got some experience. We, we practice a lot of this stuff on, on some level, we, you know, we've got way more body awareness and, and so we're interested in that. So, you know, I feel like the fundamentals course, it's, it was just very surface level, mm -hmm. you know, it's like he talks about some stuff, but we're not really like getting, like I said, like those tools that are really going to allow you to, to continue to build with stuff. So, you know, kind of experiment. Of course, 
you know, one of the guys asked him, like, what was a daily practice? What would it look like? And, and Wim's like, whatever, whatever you want, whatever, you know, in, in, on some level, yeah, you got to experiment and find out. But, you know, metabolically, like the power breathing's doing something, mm-hmm. the regular breathing's doing something, the push-ups are doing something like, you know, what, how can I, you know, use that to, to help guide my experimentation, I guess, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So that's like my only one, like my, my one complaint, but that's like, you know, we're high end users, you know, we're not average people. Like most people are going to be pumped to come out of that and be like, Oh man, I got a good experience learned about the breathing. Got a yeah, good- but I think I agree. Like I, I'm slowly working on coming up with a system because that way it just becomes habit. Yeah. And it just, it's plugged into this time of my day. And I kind of like bookend it with, okay, I'm going to do the Wim Hof four rounds and then work out. Or I'm going to do the three rounds and then cold. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, need, I need, okay, this is going to be the push-ups prior to doing this. You know, like I need a system. Yeah. And I, that way you habitualize it. For sure. Yeah. And like, this this is when I do this. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yep. This is when I do this. Boom, boom. Yeah. I'm, I haven't quite got it dialed in that far yet. But. Yeah. Sure it'll come with experience, but yeah. I'm going to keep digging into it. Like I said, I'll probably get that other course there's a whole like you know levels to it you know ending with you know become certified man it's you got to go through several steps i'm sure the the you know total investment starts to oh yeah add up i'm sure quite a bit but you know i've been kind of curious though it's like you know like if that's to use wim hof's name and say i'm i am teaching the wim hof method you know kind of like you know i teach crossfit i gotta pay money and go through something to be able to use that name, you know, if I'm not, if I'm saying like, go to, go get the app, go learn Wim Hof breathing from Wim Hof, but I'm going to help you understand how to use those things to, for mountain biking or whatever that is, you know, so I'm not, I'm not trying to like do an in run around, but like, you know, is, is that worth, like, if that's all I want to do, is it worth all the time, money, and effort to become like Wim Hof certified right. when I'm not really interested in like coaching people personally or running Wim Hof workshops with multiple people? It's more like I want you to learn how to do the fucking breathing. I can give you a few pointers or whatever based on my own experience, but the main thing is like here's how I would use the breathing, you know, on a daily basis for you know this or mm-hmm. you know do this before your workout and this after your workout, like like we were right. talking about. You know, so I don't know if I need to be Wim Hof certified necessarily to try and help people use Wim Hof method. Uh, I just need, if I'm not teaching it, so to speak. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I'd agree. Because yeah, it'd be nice to be able to help people incorporate in the other stuff we show them. I mean, even like to be good enough to start incorporating into that grumpy guy stuff. Yeah. Like here, you guys use this yep. here, you know. Yeah, unless you're going to be going balls deep. And holding workshops and seminars. Yeah. You know, and yeah, obviously, if you want to claim the Wim Hof method. Yeah, be able to hang that or hang, put it on hang, your, put, on your put website. That, yeah, put that up and get people to sign up. Obviously, you have to do that. Yeah. And it, a lot of it, you know, people, it's paying for that that credibility stamp. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's the same thing with CrossFit. Yeah, you know, you or any certification. Any certification. Really. You, want, you want to teach people, quote unquote, functional fitness. Yeah. And have them doing CrossFit style workouts. If you just open up a gym called Rob's Functional Fitness. Right. Or if you got one next door called CrossFit. You're borrowing their credibility by using their name. Exactly. You open up one called Rob's CrossFit. You're going to get more people coming into Rob's CrossFit than Rob's Functional Fitness. Yeah. So it's depending on where you want to go with it. If you just want to help 
those people that are close and important to you, no. No. If you yeah. wanna if you wanna make some well, money you know, out like of it. Client, if I'm like, hey, you know what? Download the goddamn app for yeah. free. Like I don't need to teach it to you. Like you can literally you have all the resources to learn it and start using it for free. Yep. So there's like really no excuse. It's not even like you have to buy one you of these courses. You have to buy anything. To learn to, to start using it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's like, no, go here and learn how to use it. Now, you know, I'll help you fit it in with your workout schedule and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's kind of more how I see it working. Because especially since I work with so many people like distance coaching, you know, I'm not, I'm not there working with you one-on-one trying to actually teach you how to do the breathing method. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, yeah, a little bit different, but I definitely want to dig into it more. Like I said, I need to, I want to figure out the toolbox a little bit more. And how to use it, but uh, yeah, overall though, I'm yeah, that, fucking digging it, man. I'm digging it too. Digging I'm glad you sure. turned us on to it. Fuck yeah, my buddy Mark said he got a ten minute breath hold the other day. Did he? Yeah, I called him bullshit. <laughs> he's, he's whether he's intentionally doing, he's he's inhaling ever so slightly. It's dude, it is so you'd hard ha- not you'd to. Ha- you'd have to. Yeah, because I even find myself, man, when I'm doing when I lay there, it's like I find if I can really I can relax all my sinuses and my yeah. airways it's almost like air comes in anyways yeah it, it does if i start moving at all around. just trying to like wiggle it all yeah. like it's just, just 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 that mechanical movement of the lungs just gets something something moving around and when you really relax and, and you yeah. feel and you think about it because then that tightness goes away and then if you if you do that it, you know, if you try to exhale a little bit more, there's stuff to exhale. Yeah. Like when it's getting real tight and you're you're almost to the end and you're holding, you can, there's a little bit in there. You're exhaling a little bit. You're like, hey, I didn't really inhale. Where'd that come from? Yeah. But so it, it, that's that's what's happening. Yeah. I've had enough experience now to, because when I really relax, it's almost like I can feel it coming in. Yeah. And I'm not con, like, I even like, you know, I'm not taking a breath. Right. But if I get really relaxed, I go, okay. Yeah. That's, oh, the, no. that's the only way you're going that way. I know, man. I know. It's like, yeah. And especially when you're moving around, like the more you move, the more that's going to happen. Yep. And so, uh, you know, yeah, he says he's like getting up and shadow boxing and moving around. Like, so he's not laying there yeah. and, and he's like getting up and moving around. And, you know, still it's impressive to like, you know, still like hold your breath, even with just minimal air exchange for 10 minutes. Again, it's just, you know, you have, you can... Uh, yeah, you don't have to breathe as much as you think you do. Right. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think if you're laying there and and trying to minimize that and being conscious of it, yeah, that's, that's fucking tough. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even know where my holds are at. I stopped timing them. I, you know, I timed it the other day. I almost got to three minutes on the last one. It was like an average of like 2.36. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just do the music now. Because it's funny, man. As soon as I throw a timer on it, it's different. Like, and now I'm worried about the timer. I, I, I can't help it. But and, and so like I, I enjoy it more without the timer, and on some level I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like what what would happen if you had like a really fucking good deep, you know, one and and you and you're like, God, dude, that was fucking awesome. Who felt good? And then you look at it and you're like, God damn, my holds were only a minute, you know. And then all of a sudden you have like this negative association with what was, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, why why would I? do that like you know if i don't give a fuck about how long i'm holding it mm-hmm. then so you know it's good like i said i like to do it just to kind of see where i'm at uh, make sure i'm not just in a minute thinking mm-hmm. i'm kicking ass mm-hmm. but uh yeah i've i've gotten addicted to it like i've it's just i put on some wim hof breathing music and 
Just deal yeah, with that. You know, just hearing you say that, I I need to spend more time doing that because I've been using the bubble breathing. Yep. And it's got because it's got the timer on there. He counts the forty breaths for you, and then you exhale and you do your hold. And then when you're ready to bail, you hit the you hit yeah, your phone. It's a great place to start. And, to, and then that it counts your 15 seconds for yep. you, so you can do your inhale and hold, yeah. and then it just repeats the cycle. That's a nice tool. Oh yeah. But you know, I got enough experience now to where, like this week, I'm gonna make that my focus. This week, I'm gonna get away from that. And yeah. Just, just get the. He's got the one-on-one guided sessions. Just do that, or just you know some music, just some. Yeah, hippie whim. I got a couple. I'll, I'll show you that are that are real good. You find There's them on YouTube, YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah. They're just YouTube videos you can play. And um, yeah, it's, I'm gonna do that this week then. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's definitely uh, a good experience. So, we still got time to talk about our subject for the day. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll talk about what time is more. it. It's ten o'clock. Is it ten? Yeah. Is it ten? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, We've cool. been at it for a little over an hour now. Yeah. So. All right. Well, hey, this is like the good old days, man. <laughs> when we had a subject and we talked for an hour about something, something. else, and then spent the last five like minutes, fifteen about minutes, ten minutes on this. And then subject. I titled the episode for what we talked about in the last five minutes. <laughs> yes. To totally mislead people. That's awesome. So yeah, the subject that I uh, threw out last night, which I think is always kind of fun to discuss is uh, your favorite three submissions and why? Well, I, I, already, I like to word it how you worded it to me last night to where if you could only pick three submissions for the rest of your jiu-jitsu life, yeah. what would they be? What would they be? I like that. You want to yep. go or you want me to go? <clears throat> um, no, I mean, I can go. Go for it. So it's funny. My first two were, were, were pretty easy. Uh, the guillotine, particularly arm and guillotine, the, the fucking hanger team, mm-hmm. um, and the triangle. Like those two, and I'm, I'm kind of cheating with the triangle a little bit because I feel like the triangle from the front or the back, I mean, it's it's a triangle. It's still a triangle. It's still a triangle. It's still a triangle. So, you know, which way I get it, but yeah, the, the triangle. And then, uh, man, the third one um, was fucking tough because like my instinct is, you know, an ankle lock or you know, some sort of like leg lock, but realistically, it is so hard, especially in the gi. Like, I just don't do enough no-gi. If, if I did a lot of no-gi, I'd probably go like heel hook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that'd be my third one. Because they're there all the time. Yeah. and I, I see, especially, I mean, granted in the gi, people aren't looking to defend the heel hook because we don't do them necessarily yeah. in the gi. But if you pay attention and you realize when the foot's there, like, dude, it's here all the time. We're not having the ability to go to the the fucking, the, the inside Sankaku, the honey mm-hmm. hole, whatever the fuck you want to call it, like, the whole reaping thing. Man, it's such a penalty for leg locks. Because mm-hmm. it's such a, like, you cannot lock the hip and secure the hip super effectively without being able to reap. Mm-hmm. It just, it's fucking, like, it's super hard. And especially when people know what's going on and they're working like crazy to clear the knee line. Man, you get somebody in the fucking, you know, the fucking honey hole and they're stuck. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a different thing. So, I mean, you know, that would, it, it kind of comes with a caveat. Like if we didn't have, you know, ghee rules and I could reap and we could go to the fucking honey hole and do uh, heel hooks and shit, like that would be my third one for sure. But because that's not the case, um, you know, actually, I, I think, uh, fuck man, it's kind of, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what my third one is. It's such a, a toss-up. Like, my instinct is the Kimura. Like, I like the fucking Kimura. It's, versatile. Know, it's very versatile. It's super versatile. You know, but the thing is, like, I almost like it 
more as like a controlling position, controlling thing, because I don't necessarily hit a lot of Kamaras. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do here and there, but um, I am I'm using that grip a ton to set up other shit. And so, you know, if I can get the Kamara, especially it goes well with the triangle too. Uh, you know, somebody goes to like fucking hide their arm and you go to the reverse reverse your legs and dig that arm out, you got a fucking Kimura right there. Mm-hmm. So the two kind of go together. Um, so that would be my three. I think... Uh, it's pretty close, similar to mine. Yeah? Yeah, very... Uh, rear naked choke. Okay, yep. Triangle. Yep. Triangles. And Kimura. Oh, yeah, you yeah. like the Kimura too, yeah, huh? Yeah, if I had to just pick three. And if you pay attention to what I do a lot... Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm always fighting that Kimura grip from you. And you're, yeah, you're, you're threatening it all the time. Because there's so much shit from there. Sets, yeah. up, there, sets up different lapel chokes, sets up position, yeah. sets up back control, sets up triangles. Yeah. And if not, the Kimura's there. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So we both like to get our arms around the neck and choke them. We just yeah. differ in the, the, the angle. The triangle, you like I to do it from the back and I like to do it from the front. And I hit a lot of triangles, too. Yeah. I, I like triangles. Yeah, triangles are, yeah, they're such a versatile uh, tool, too. And yeah, they're they're fucking from all over bottom, the place. From bottom, from top, from back, yep. from bottom mount, side mount, control, dude, from mount and everywhere, 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 man. Yeah, everywhere. they're great. So yeah, that's cool. I'm glad uh, glad to hear that. Kamara is a good one. Mm-hmm. So and and I could even cheat and use the Robo Plata in the Kamara too because it's the exact same shoulder lock. Yeah. And I've got my arm interlaced, but I'm using my leg, kind of like a honey hole pop a little control right. on the on the arm. I would I could. <clears throat> If we're, if we're stretching the rules a little bit. <laughs> that was funny last I night. I could call that like, a Kimura. We're like chokes and joint locks. Yeah. That's what I like to do. <laughs> That's what I was going to throw. Say the answer. Yeah. Started with like lapel chokes. Lapel chokes. That's lapel chokes and joint locks. Did you just say the Toledo choke? Yeah, I love that one. Oh, yeah, man. And variations of it. And then just and that's another one like the Kimura that you use real effectively to set up other shit. Because mm-hmm. like if somebody really sells out to defend that, then... They're going to give up something yeah, else. Yeah, they give up something else. And then... They defend that, and you grab the fucking lapel some other direction. So, yeah, you're super effective with that lapel, man. Once you get that thing snaking around my neck, mm-hmm. it's like, God damn it. It's hard, tough to get away from. Because you add in, like, another third gripping option. It's like, you not only can you grab my lapel, you can grab your own lapel, and get my tail in there, too. And it's like, fuck, it's man. It's good control, and you got good grip, and then I can finish it, like, the head down style or I can loop my hand over that's how I finished you last time was more like an Ezekiel style yeah. to where I had this and you're privy to it because I try it on you all the time so you had it shut down pretty good I couldn't finish it I couldn't get enough twist but so then I aborted mission and shoved my hand back in there oh. and just clamped it down and that's what it, that's that motion too is I shoved my hand in like this and, and then the geese right here and then I go like this yeah. and it just, it just Fuck yeah, it's hard man. even with your hands in there I can choke people most of the time yeah yeah, well, that, the, the leverage you get off of that gi is just Ridiculous. incredible. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. No, it's, uh, yeah, that's one of those danger zones. It's funny, man. Somebody was asking, it's like, oh, how do you stop from getting in, like, that choke position? It's like, dude, you got to recognize, like, not all submissions are created equal. Like, some you need to respect way more than others like there's some trying to trying to fight out of that fucking the Toledo choke is way different than trying to fight out of I don't know it's fucking a lot of other things man and so you gotta be like super careful about not getting too deep in it cause once that fucking thing gets under your chin and you start getting some tension on it it's tough dude, dude. oh man yeah yeah it's tough so 
that's the one you got to watch. But yeah, those red light moments, man. It still amazes me how many people like, let me grab their head <laughs> and they like get their chin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, like you need to fucking move, man. Do not let me grab your head. Like this is... It's getting dangerous. Quickly. Yes, this is a bad... And even if I don't get the, the choke... Just now I'm in a position to start fucking putting some pressure on the back of your head and it's bad on your neck. Yeah, it's not it's not a fucking good thing. Yeah. And people are just like I just, you know, focus on other things. And it's like, dude, this is this is the this, fight this, right this here. is the focus right now. This is the focus right here. Yeah. It's funny, man. I've been working that a lot. I've been baiting it cuz you know, we got to do my the whole gym. My whole gym's fucking big dudes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've been wrestling with big white belts. And uh, sometimes it can be hard to stay mounted on them. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. If they're so, big and athletic, dude. Yeah. Not, yeah. 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 So what I've been doing is uh, <clears throat> like sneaking into it like a, a knee on belly and then starting to let off the pressure ever so slightly. So they'll so turn they into me and, turn in. and they start turning in and I just fucking snatch the head and it's either the arm in the hanger teen or if they start to turn back, you know, go for the fucking darts, but like baiting that mm-hmm. off of uh yeah, it's like I'm having trouble holding a mount on someone or I can't open something up. They're just real good defending. It's like, all right, I'll give you a little fucking... I'll take the pressure off this way and see if you turn and... Oh, there's your head, motherfucker. All right, let's go. But, yeah, grabbing people's head is... Uh, you know, you try not to do it too much because you want to be nice to your training partners. But it's a good thing. Yeah, right? I respect it. Yeah. I, I respect it. You know, especially a few of you guys. that like to, if they're... I know if you grab the head, it's going to be trouble. Yeah. So I just, like, I'd stop it early on. Fuck yeah, dude. I don't want to have to fight, like, dig myself out of that hole. Like, fuck no. this. Because it gets too deep. You're like, God damn it. My ears are getting mangled. My fucking neck's getting cranked. Well, it's like, there's a bad deal. It's the upper body ankle lock. Yeah. It's just saying, like, if I get your neck, it's kind of like getting your ankle. And it's like, dude, even if I'm not getting the fucking submission off of this, it's controlling. Mm-hmm. I can start putting heat on stuff and making it uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, you got to get that ankle the fuck out of there, you know? And the same thing with the neck. Like, you know, I get that neck and, dude, it's just, it, yeah, it, it's a good... And you better fight that early on. Don't fight it later on. Yeah. It takes way more effort to fight later on. Yeah, no, man, for sure. But, yeah, that hanger team seminar I went to definitely paid off. I got to try them. I forgot how to do the Monoplata. Yeah, I would have to re-drill that one. I'm going to have to drill that today. I've tried it on a couple people and just like, ah, fucking triangle. <laughs> Well, what I I tried doing that. I gotta look up that pimento helicopter choke. I tried. Oh yeah. I so have fucked that up on you last night. I don't. I, I I don't know. I gotta I gotta watch the video. But it's somehow from turtle getting the collar like a clock choke grip and then swinging your leg over and rolling. And I think I went with the wrong leg. I don't know what fucking happened. Next thing I know, you were on top looking to grab my head and shit. That's like, a spectacular fuck. defense. Man. <laughs> I don't think that was it. I don't think that was it. No. Because I think if I would have done it right, it would have been in trouble. Probably. <laughs> Probably. So. As soon as I did it, it went tumbling off your back, and I thought that was not yeah. successful. Like, as I tumbled and rolled, it like unwound the joke. I was like, oh, fuck. That <laughs> was not good. Yeah, I remember, man, thinking, like, you went jumping, and my head popped up, and you were fucking rolling <laughs> yeah. over in front of me, and yeah, I'm see, like, your head right. shouldn't have popped up. <laughs> I did something wrong. No, yeah, that was funny, though. Sweet, man. Cool. Let's go get something to eat before we go to your grumpy From guy. the train. Cool. Yeah, you're running the show today. Am I? Yep. Sweet. So, cool, cool man. See you. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. 
If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Die. Me, myself, he died.